to be legendary. Michi. It's me, Michi. Mm. Galena. (laughs) (laughs) There's the payoff. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use that. (laughs) You look so stupid. Hey guys, this is Doobie Brother Podcast, presented by the Brotherly League Game. We are AJ. And Luke. It's June 10th. This is episode number 20. We're recording after the Red Bull victory. Um, but first, let's talk about who's worn number 20. And Luke, I'll let, you, I'll let you do this one, since you did the work on it. All right. Well, obviously, on the current roster, we have Michi Galina. And also, previously, most previously, was Marcus Epps, who Ooh. got a little cameo in the in the game this weekend. Mm-hmm. So obviously plays for Red Bull. Uh, before that, Walter Restrepo, who currently plays for San Antonio FC in USL. And then there was Jimmy McLaughlin, FC Cincinnati, and uh, PA guy, Philly alum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then there was Carlos Ruiz, legend, who is retired. Uh, Roger Torres, uh, Union Original, and plays for Junior FC in the Colombian First Division. So pretty good, pretty good group. Yeah, I like that list, and we'll be naming this episode after our guy Michi yeah. Galina. If only we started this like five weeks earlier, we could, this could have been the El Cino episode. But you know, hey, just we'll wasn't meant it. to be. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. Um, so we're going to go over the Red Bull game, all the excitement there, what a game it was, uh, a couple talking points about the union, the turf, and then we'll go into our updated player power rankings, and we'll preview the Open Cup game, which is this week on Wednesday. Yeah. So a lot to cover. Uh, let's start with uh, the game. The game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, even before the game, we got to see a couple of our buddies. Yeah. Ran into our guy, Matt Ralph. Yeah. Finally got to meet him in person. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I was a little, a little shocked. I've, I, I didn't know how he knew my name, but he said he recognized <laughs> you by your glasses. Yeah. So be on the lookout, people, like for Luke. My most defining feature <laughs> <laughs> glasses. Take them off and you can't find them. <laughs> uh, we also saw our guy, John Christoffi, there. So shout out to them. Yeah. We'll hopefully see you on Wednesday again. Uh, so for this game, we, I also brought my wife, which was cool because she's only been to like a handful of games and they're usually really like cold, rainy, rainy awful, always against rev- revolution for some reason. Yeah. She never gets to be at a good game. So this was a, I was really excited to have my wife there on just, just for decent weather and a union playing well. Um, so we actually sat separately then from, uh, Luke and our dad. And I had a cool, cool, cool little experience. I was sitting in section 101 behind John Christophe, actually. And it was cool because we were so close to the Sons of Ben and the Keystone Ultras. Right. The Keystone Ultras are a cool little group. Um, seems like they're getting bigger. So shouts to them. There's probably like six, seven, eight rows full of guys. And they're, they're pretty loud the entire time. Um, they're doing kind of the jumping to the left. I'll jump to the right. That right. looked fun. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, yeah. When... So our, our usual seats are seat 109. That's where I was sitting with, my, with our dad. And but like I, even from our seats, I could hear the Houston Ultras like multiple times in the game. So they're they're making some net, some noise. And like obviously, Sons of Ben are always loud and making great noise. But uh, it was cool to hear hear their uh, their songs and chants too as well. Yeah, and speaking of the Sons of Ben, was all, I got to hear um, Adam Booth just constantly calling out on the megaphone, and he's he's just clearly a great leader for the group. So it was kind of fun watching him do his thing. Uh, I'd say it was kind of, it was for, for me personally, I felt like there was almost too much going on for me to focus. <laughs> so it, I was like, Oh man, I need to be in my regular spot, uh, all in my routine. But, but yeah, it was great. What a, what a night to have all of that going on. And the sellout atmosphere was electric the entire time. Uh, Jimmy even came out after the game and said, kind of thank the fans for making it as good as it was. Yeah, it was definitely best best crowd i've been to in like i don't know i can't even remember the last game i, that, I felt that yeah electric and mm-hmm. felt like i don't know but the red bull fans chanting and we were going back and forth it was it was exciting it felt really it's what the game should feel like yeah exactly a red bull yeah. red bull's coming to town union in first place they're trying to catch up yeah that's that's exactly the atmosphere that we need to keep having at these right. games it's like something that i in my head this is like this might be this this is like a small scale of what like a european big game feels like just having those two the two 
uh, supporters group being loud and, and the atmosphere being intense, like at, at a smaller scale, that's like in my, in my mind, that's like what it felt like at, at, based off of nothing. I never been to an actual European game, but like, that's kind of how it, it kind of had that, that kind of big game feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then Red Bull, let's start, start the first half. We, it was a, it was a rough first half. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, yeah, it's, it's, it was annoying because like we started off playing like pretty dominant. We were holding the ball, getting mm-hmm. some decent chances. And like, we definitely, uh, to start the game, we looked like by far, we looked like the better team, like the most that had the more most quality on, on the field. Santos had the ball played through, but from Bedoya, which he was one-on-one with the keeper yeah. and confidently hit it. But yeah, it, it was like, a, yeah, a smooth run and smooth hit, but yeah, just clipped hit it over the, the bar. Yeah. 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 I mean, Santos, he was real active and, they, and I feel like they, in that first half, they were really, uh, pushing the ball down the the left side and that's where like Santos was really going after it was like Kyle Duncan was the the Red Bull backup uh uh fullback that was that was filling in in that game and that, we're really like taking it to them I feel like that's what we we're that was like a game plan going to this game like all right attack the side have a, a Santos get in there and uh Montero combining and and trying to expose their their uh kind of not first first to uh, first line in the back yeah yeah you mentioned the backups in the ba- their back line I know we've talked about this before, but I feel like we we've gotten very lucky with the scheduling again. Right, yeah. Like running into Red Bull on a like, week where they were missing a bunch of guys to international duty. Yeah, and it felt like Toronto. We got them during like Champions League. Same with Atlanta. Oh, we got. Um, I feel like Kansas Seattle. City was kind of in that run too. Yeah, Seattle was after a bad result, but um, yeah, we got like a couple of teams off of a midweek game. Minnesota last week right. was after um, they played midweek in Atlanta or yeah, in Atlanta. Uh-huh. So yeah, we, we've, we've gotten very fortunate, no doubt about that, but we've capitalized on all the chances. I feel like that just shows like how tough MLS schedules can be, you know, mm-hmm. there's just always like things going on and, and it's a lot of things to work around with midweek games and everything travel and, and all that. It's just, it's interesting. I feel like that might be a little like spotlight into that, that, yeah, definitely. Point. Yeah. So Red Bull did come out with their press and um, counter, and they they did kind of kill off the crowd pretty pretty solidly with their two first half goals. For sure. The first one was, I mean, that that was a great. That, I love that just, layoff. It was a well ex- executed play. Yeah, ball from the left to the right, laid off perfectly with a one touch pass back to the middle. Yeah. And Monte- Montero of all people was beat to the ball for the one touch finish from right. from Kaku. Yeah, it was weird. We were. And that, Who, sorry, Kaku can't stand the guy <laughs> after that Kansas City thing where he blasted the ball. Yeah. Uh, I, I I can't even believe the union let people sit in the front row with yeah, him coming to town. Dangerous. He's he's a threat to to everyone. To everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't. Yeah, in that one play, I feel like yeah, we were just playing really really narrow, and uh, so they had obviously had a, a guy playing out wide and wide open, and he just was able to pick out Kaku running in, and it's well ex- executed. So. Credit to them for that one. Uh, the second goal was a little more, I don't know, fluky. It was uh, uh, weird. Yeah. It was just like, and it, and it really, I think it, it really just falls on Blake's shoulders and on that mistake because he, he hesitated and then he went out and it was just. Yeah, ball played over the it. top, right between our two defenders. Right. You can see Trusty kind of expected to have someone behind him, yeah, Blake and, being Blake. Yeah, but like Elliot was kind of there too. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't like the, the Brian White, like blue pass him or anything. Like Elliot was there. And then just no one really, like, closed to the ball. And then it just, you know, Blake was out. So he popped yeah, Blake, it over him. Yeah, Blake definitely got caught in no man's land. And of those three players, he's the most veteran player. So he really needs to be the one who takes charge there. Right. And just right. like, I mean, the keeper always needs to take charge because he sees the whole field. Yeah. So I'd say that one definitely falls on Blake. And I, I'm sure he'll take blame for it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first half. At halftime... Well, let's go over our thoughts. Yeah, our feels. I mean, it was we were pretty disappointed. I was pretty annoyed, and it was like we were. I was talking to my dad. It was like we we're just we we're so pissed that we were just like, all right. Well, hopefully we can get a point out of this game. Like that's what we were feeling at, at halftime. That's like the best we could do. Hoping for a point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's not refreshing because you know going into the break and against a rival, like we want to you know make us get another statement win, and and it was just uh we didn't just didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, I was checking the standings, being like, just I knew where Red Bull would be if they beat us. Yeah, but and just kind of re-looking at it, being like, okay, they're yeah. still behind us, but it just very didn't close feel good. Now. It wouldn't have felt good to drop the, all these points. Yeah, especially we, after the the past uh, home games where we tied and lost to teams that we should have been beating. Just not not making home a 
fortress, as they say. Right. I also noticed, like, coming out of the back, their press was kind of beating us in a way. Like, we weren't losing the ball necessarily from the back, from our defenders, but we were just being forced into kicking it long, whether it was mm-hmm. Trusty, Elliot, um, Harris, or Blake. They would, they'd get the ball, and the press would come at them hard, but they get the ball off their foot, but then it, there was no real midfield creativity. No one really checking to to uh, release the pressure. And so we were stuck in this, this play of kicking it long, and I didn't really feel like we had an answer. Right. Yeah, I didn't, and on that note, I feel like they... I don't know exactly what Red Bull did, but I felt like they were able to neutralize Harris a bit more because mm-hmm. he wasn't as influential like on the possession, like distribution-wise, out of the back. And I feel like that's another just a credit to Red Bull press. And another thing that I know we said we're going to talk about later, but on this note, like the freaking throw-ins, yeah, like this was very obvious this game. Yeah, and it was definitely part, had a lot to do with the Red Bull's press, but it was such a struggle to just retain possession off our own throw-ins. Yeah, and. Throwing should not be just a toss-up and a 50-50. Yeah. If, you, if it's your throwing, you should at least get one to two passes. And if I had more time, I'd go through and watch to see how many times we could actually connect two passes after a throwing because it seemed like not at all in that first half. Yeah, and even into the second half, it just felt like... And it felt like Ray and I think and Kai, too, were just like holding the ball and just, like, didn't know where to go. And, yeah, they, there, and I feel like there has to be a, little bit, a bit more of strategy or just ideas to, like, an easy, quick throw and just to get in and get the play going again. Yeah, yeah. it seems like the centers are kind of just coming too far over to the sideline and creating a crowd when yeah. that's exactly what the defense wants. Is. Yeah, they just, like, chuck it up to Casper and then hopefully he gets it, but then he's probably, like, double-teamed and it's just we just lose it again. It's just so frustrating. Yeah, so thrones are definitely something we need to work on. Always just... Return it to the, return it to the thrower. They're always open, but yeah, I don't know. Do you want to pass it back to Ray though? I mean, pass it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good call, good call. Um, so halftime happens. We're we're all miserable. Uh, I sent my wife for no, she did on her own. She left for her chicken and Pete's. She left around the thirty fifth minute. Got back just about two or three minutes into the second half. Oh, so that's how long it takes to get chicken and pizza. Just a Oof, public service announcement. It's a commitment. If anyone doesn't know. But, I mean, she was committed. They ran out of french fries, so she had to wait a little longer. They ran out of french fries. <laughs> that's that's that the like, only thing they have. She texts me. She's like, just about there. Oh, wait. They ran out of fries. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I'd be like you and me running out of microphones. <laughs> or yep. bad jokes. <laughs> I, don't know. That's, I don't think that's ever going to run out, unfortunately. Um, so the second half begins, uh, and, and everyone knows what happened. I mean, it's not like we need to talk through it, but we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, El Sino does El Sino things. Subs in, and the, what was this, 58th minute for Aronson? Yeah. And which, then... Which before... Aronson, where, you, he hasn't done much in, the, in a little while. No, but okay. The thing, okay, it was a yeah, defender man. Minute. Defender, yeah, man. okay. I want to defend Brendan Aronson because I know he obviously hasn't played like lights out, incredibly incredible soccer, but he's still he's an 18 year old starting as a number 10, and he's holding his own in every game. And and he, I know he still needs to get stronger on the ball, and and that's stuff that I, like is obvious to everyone. But it's, he's still an 18 year old getting incredibly valuable minutes, and he's holding his own and. And the fact that he gets subbed out like almost in a lot of games, it's it's fine, it's fine, but it doesn't mean that he's, you know, losing ground and needs to be subbed like, you know, kicked back to steal or whatever. Like he's still a, a great part of this team, and he, I don't know, I think he still is is earning all of his minutes. Yeah, I'm just happy to see him on the field. Yeah. Honestly, I think I think Tanner's in the same boat in saying that you need these teenagers to play first team minutes in order to see if they're. They're legit. I mean, the, the fact showing that he's growing into it, and and yet, I mean, he's not going to be scoring goals and making awesome plays all yeah. the time. But, but he's not making mistakes. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's a teenager that is confident on the ball, and he's not making stupid, immature errors. He's just being a little less effective in the game than we'd like him to be. I'd and also that's, argue, and that's that, not a bad, really a bad thing to see. I'd also argue where he plays, he just doesn't have that. There isn't much risk to, to his game. Like, if he loses the ball, it's not like Trusty losing the ball. Or right. It's not like he's on the back line. He sure. can lose the ball, and it's usually going to be because he's trying to go one-on-one versus someone, or he's trying to 
if he makes a bad pass, it's because he's trying to like thread the needle through to a striker. Yeah. So he's not like, and he still is sometimes doing those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he he did uh for his play, he did get the call up to the U twenty three camp. Him and Trusty, so that's pretty cool for those guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely, definitely deserve for those two as they've played well this first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so Aronson leaves. Um, because so, he sucks. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and El Senior comes in. El Senior, the god. And the, the lineup or the formation's definitely changed because El Senior's not going to play where Aronson is or even the same kind. Yeah. Um, so they go, looks like to a 4 2 3 1, which really gives El Senior, you know, the space that he needs on yeah. the outside and without the defensive abilities. Um, or, or, or uh, responsibilities, responsibilities, <laughs> or abilities. On, he doesn't have abilities. He's, he's, uh, yeah, I, all right. I can't really defend that, but no. <laughs> no, he's fine. Although we were laughing a couple times where <laughs> Ray Gaddis, I, a couple times he was higher up the field than El Senior. Yeah, what is he doing? Like, no, I <laughs> but, think <laughs> it's just funny. It's like, no, El Senior, I got this. And there goes Ray. <laughs> it's like, Ray, what are you doing? Get back. Yeah. And, I think he's trying to prove to Jim that like he can be a fullback that goes forward, and he's really, really trying to become that player. But it's just, I, I just not there at least right now. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't need him to. No, we yeah, exactly. He'll see no one from yeah, you. He just play the ball. Just play the role that he should be. He knows how to play. Just, yeah, you know. But hey, he's, he's <laughs> a guy who knows that he's that's what is asked of him or is expected of him to grow into, and he's he's, he's trying, trying it. Yeah, so, so yeah, a lot of credit to him. And he, and, yeah, and he did have that strike against. I guess it was a. I think it was Colorado where he hit that yeah, ball yeah. so well. Colorado, it was like yeah. a volley strike from like thirty yards out. Yeah, it was close. Shot of his life, just wide, <laughs> just wide. He'll never forget it. That's the shot that created T-shirts. So yeah. All right. So well, Elcino, let's get into Elcino. Um, what do you want to say? Uh, he's really good. He is good at soccer. <laughs> I think. I think that's a quote from Jim Curtin. Elcino is very good at soccer. Pretty well summed up. Uh, yeah, and it's crazy. Like, is there actually a way to stop him? I think he just I and I don't know why they're not doing this fouling him. I feel like he doesn't That's get true. fouled often. That's that is true. He's he's very slippery, but I feel like you need to I I think you need to put a body on him and and I feel like there isn't granted, I'm sure if it's easier said than done. Right, right. But but I don't remember many times where he's yeah, he's getting double teams, sometimes triple teamed, but he's slipping through. And, yeah. and props to him for being a slippery guy, but yeah. That 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 would be my thing. I think you need to yeah. put him on his back because he is on the older side and right. Um, not I don't know. Yeah, I like think. lightning fast. He just right. has a little quick step. But another thing that uh, I think would be an, another option is that, and to credit uh, Kevin Cade's article I just read before we started this, it was that like he always gets the ball and he's facing goal. Mm-hmm. Like it's it feel like that's too easy for a guy like that to just always get the ball facing goal and. I feel like you're a defender. You have to be like right on his butt whenever he, the ball's going to him and try to keep him like facing the other way or at least like half turned towards the other way. You know, like I feel like there's so many times I remember like seeing him just like, all right, he's facing, he's one-on-one. He's already one-on-one. Like once he receives the ball. Yeah. And is it, I wonder how, how like amateur he, this is, amateur-ish this is to say, because this is something that we would talk about doing with our team is like, all right, that's their best player. He's their guy. Let's man mark him. Right. And make the other 10 guys beat us. And it's like, so he comes in on Saturday, quickly gets an assist. Would it be dumb for Armas to say, late or whoever the outside back is, mm-hmm. just stand by him. Yeah. Deny the initial pass. Don't yeah. let him get the ball. We'll have the other center backs cover the gap. Right. And I mean, that's something you see, like, I, maybe a little more common as for, like, a, a number 10 or a more central midfielder to, like, get that kind of man mark mm-hmm. and just kind of get them cut off. But... I feel like it's it's probably even easier to do for a winger though. Right. And I feel like at this point he deserves that respect. Exactly. That um a number ten who would cut apart team should get would and hey, you know, as long as teams aren't stopping them, why I mean, we're obviously not complaining, it's good yeah, for us. It's insane. And how how does he do it? And he's not doing it every game, but he's but enough to the point where if he looks like he's getting hot, you if you're the other team, you gotta stop him. You yeah. gotta figure out something, whether it's put a man right on him or put him on his back every time he gets the ball. And yeah, it's crazy. They're still just diving in and biting on all yeah. these cuts. It's crazy how he, I don't get how he slides in between players. Yeah. Like it, he does it so often and it's like, 
And he's not like a. It's, 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 he's not a skinny guy. I was gonna say, <laughs> he doesn't have the body of Brendan Aronson. <laughs> oh, he is actual magic. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so the magician, the cheat code. Yeah, great, great seeing all the former players kind of tweeting out there. Yeah, Alberg shouting them out and yeah. Jones, CJ, Com, CJ. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really cool. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, so. and it deserves the respect because like it is an incredible feat to for anyone. Professional soccer players are incredulous by this guy, and I like his celebration because it's <laughs> something easy that you know. I feel like I could. You could pull that off. Okay. Yeah. But is that like what is it? Running Man or something? Is okay. That is that, okay. I thought it was like maybe something from that like his kids did or he is. Uh, I feel like that's usually like a celebration when it's like kind of unique like that. It's always like a a kid's celebration that the the, the you know parents bring into the game. Or oh, something. that's cool. But yeah, maybe, I don't. Maybe I don't this know. is like that or not. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe someday I'll it's score just, a goal. It's fun though. So one of my favorite parts of the game, and I really regret not taking a picture of this. Because um, I was talking to people as I was walking out, but I was walking down the stairs, looking at the stadium. Everyone's happy, so happy, except for one little area of the stadium. <laughs> yeah, this was my favorite part of the stadium. It was the Red Bull away section. Statues. Yeah. I mean, they were. That's a long ride home, man. <laughs> Back to Jersey, long way. <sighs> man, that was. Man, they were so still, so quiet. I was like, man, that is a beautiful, beautiful sight. Yeah. And. And I mean, like we've been there. Like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure, like fans coming home from the the Houston Open Cup final game. That was that's that's a that's rough, but when you're on the winning side of that team, it's it's pretty fun, pretty nice to see. Yeah, that was so. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole game, which was a result of all the other favorite parts of the game. <laughs> um, here's a question. So, Elcino scores a second goal on a missed on a PK that was saved by. Uh, Robles on Mon- mm-hmm. from Mon- Montero. So if we're at full strength, say we got Marco, Montero, Fafa. Um, those are three who have taken them this, this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, they've all missed, right? Fafa missed this year? Did he? I, I thought I thought he did. I, I, I know he did a lot, maybe last year. I can't but, remember him taking one this year, actually. But let's say full strength. Mm-hmm. Who takes the next PK? Uh, let's go. After, after the break, we come in. Uh, Bedoya... Creates another PK. Great, I, great, great play by him, by the way, on yeah. the PK. Yeah. Um, I I would I'd still say Montero. Okay. Because, um, I mean, he, they're not – we've said that. It's, it's not like he's burying them into the corner. Sure, yeah. He hits it hard. It needs to be just hard and low, and that one's a little higher. And, and I yeah. think Robles is, is a, a notorious uh, PK saver. Yeah. I think he's, he's saved a good amount in his, his career. He's a good keeper. But – yeah, yeah, he doesn't hit him like too convincingly, but like I don't know, like neither did Fabian when he right. He didn't either. Mm. I feel like actually, I remember one, uh, like a couple years ago, maybe it was like an Open Cup game. El Senior took one and he just ripped it. I that that would be an I, awesome. I I can't remember that specifically, but I feel like that was the case. And and if he's on the field, and if he's feeling it like like he's feeling it the uh, mm-hmm. Saturday night, give it to him. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I think that's a good shout. Yeah. Um. I still, I still want to say, like, I think Harris could take him easily. Like, he, I think he has such accuracy that I feel like he'd be a fine PK taker. That I, he, I don't know why he's never taken one for us. Yeah, yeah, all good points, all good points. I like the idea of just giving, letting his senior just rip it, um, just kick it as hard. Yeah, as he I want to, I want to try to go back and find that highlight if, if okay. that actually happened. But I think it did. Yeah. All right. So that's anything else you want to talk about with uh, the Red Bull game? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously it's going to rank real high. People are talking yeah. about. Where does this rank as far as union games? Because I, it was also came out that that was the first time we ever came back to win after being down 0-2. Mm-hmm. Like, that has to be, like, among the top. Like, if that was maybe towards closer to the end of the season, I think that's definitely, like, the top game. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's probably, like, Eastern Conference Championship, probably definitely the, t- the top. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open Cup Final. Yeah, probably the, probably the top game. <laughs> yeah, that would work, too. That would work, too. Um, yeah. I think the only other ones that compare would be like like the little two hat trick, like mm-hmm. it, it's it's like to my memory that's the other one that sticks out. But I don't mm-hmm. know, there's others. But to me, that's that's the only one that sticks out to me. Yeah, uh, I mean, I personally really enjoyed the Minnesota game last weekend because we were yeah. there. That was kind of special for us. <laughs> that was yeah. Um, but then also like the Open Cup games. I I 
I still have a place in my heart for those despite losing. It was just yeah, kind of like, like that the first, atmosphere and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I get that. Atmosphere yeah. at home, championship yeah. game. Having um, like the trophy on the field. Like that's a, that's a special thing. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. That's the only thing that's kind of like different with this one was just kind of a June home game. Right, yeah. Against a stupid team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was Philly in difference week, so... <laughs> I'm glad, glad we didn't. <laughs> glad it didn't even matter to Red Bull fans. Thank goodness no, they took their ticket. They took it so well. Yeah, right? you know, really took their. Lungs Can you imagine and, if Red Bulls did care about the Union? How hard this man, this would be for them. That must that would be that'd be rough. That'd be rough. But I mean, thank goodness they made it yeah. very clear on Twitter and stuff that they just don't it's, care about it's the not Union. A big deal. So. It's just it's just another regular season game to them. It's not a big deal. They didn't have their their best defensive players. So it's yeah. like it's whatever, man. Good good for them. <laughs> yeah. Phew. All right. So. Big victory. <laughs> Suck at Red Bulls. We're in first place. By four points now. Like a clear margin. Very clear margin. We're we're edged in on LAFC. We're we're getting closer to LA, LAFC. No, no, that's not true. We're like almost closer to LAFC than we are to the second place team. So that's something. Oh yeah, that's cool. Um yeah, how far behind LAFC are we? Six points. I okay. think. I think they're Thir- yeah, I thought they were thirty seven. Yeah, yeah. They're at thirty seven. We're at thirty one points. Yeah. And the next closest team behind us is, weirdly, the Montreal Impact with a negative seven goal differential. Yeah. And then DC, Fortnighted. That's so weird that DC is behind Montreal. Even like goal difference is so different. Yeah. I guess there's a, a matchup right there. Is that, that's the other tiebreaker? Um, I'm guessing it's because Montreal has eight wins compared to DC uh, seven. Gotcha. But they have a game in uh, Montreal's played an extra game. That's not so. our problem. But wait. How is this season halfway over? It, isn't that crazy? We've played 17 games. Yeah. Like, how have we recapped that many games? I know we haven't recapped them all because we forgot one, but so we've recapped seven, 16 games. Yeah. Like, that's that's weird. Man. And people are listening to us. Yeah, and, like, the numbers are growing, kind of. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Anyway. Thanks, guys. Take a break from listening to us, listen to this ad, and then we'll be back afterward to talk about um, the turf, injury scare, player, update, rankings. player rankings, and the Open Cup. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Dippy Brothers Podcast, brought to you by the Brotherly Game. This is episode 20. We just finished recapping the Red Bull victory. Um, and so now we're going to get into some more stuff. Uh, one of the scary things that happened on Saturday night was Bedoya went down. It almost was like a non-contact injury. I mean, he was kind of like running with a guy. and I mean, there was technically a little bit of contact, but it didn't, wasn't like a tackle. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered how much the turf played into that because the field still is not it's, in good shape it looks really really rough and it, i think i think i saw a quote from him about it and i couldn't even tell if this was like just a pretend quote or if it was the actual quote because it was so good the uh i don't even have it in front of me so i'm just gonna <laughs> make it up or say what i remember he said i hope they made a lot of money off of last week's rugby games because the field is still crap yeah. basically and it was i don't know i mean that's your captain and he almost got hurt pretty bad. Yeah, so it's, it's it's not good. Um so two things from that. Uh, I'm gonna do so the Steel didn't play there yesterday. They played Nashville and there were pictures of Nashville's accommodations at it was LaSalle, I LaSalle think. University. Yeah. And they're so-called locker room almost just looked like a bunch of chairs in a circle. Yeah, it was on the back end of the like bleach track. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, so obviously oh, that's that not a good not thing. A, not that's, a good look. It doesn't look good. It, it's kind of bad optics to have just chairs set up in a circle outside for a so-called locker room. Yeah, for a professional soccer game. So is is that worth like that whole situation worth saving the talent turf? Uh, I think kind of. I mean, I just, I do think it, it was it was a good call to not play a game, another game on Talon. But I think there had to have been like a better situation, like a be- another option, like to have like an actual locker room for these teams. Like, I just felt like that was a little crazy. And yeah. like, don't doesn't like LaSalle have like a football team, and soccer team? Like, where do like where do those actual teams like the university teams go for like? breaks and stuff uh they moved the chairs a little bit over <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, yeah, more I, just, chairs. I just thought like we, we have other like universities in the yeah. in the city like there there has to be a better field option to go to for i mean i guess it was like last minute maybe but i just felt like that was a uh, that was weird to see yeah i saw someone put this on twitter and i liked it why not just 
bring out bleachers and play it at the training ground right outside the Union Stadium. Yeah. And, I mean, you've got all the facilities there, and it's just a 100-yard walk from that's the true. locker room. Like yeah. When, I mean, it's not like we're drawing they crazy crowds. have lights? I think that's the other factor. Uh, lights. Do they? I thought maybe they don't. Maybe that's what it yeah. is, but it would be cool. I mean, the grass looks fine, and yeah. you'd still have, you know, a little bit of the atmosphere being down at, at the they, complex. You just have, like, at least have those yeah, resources. Yeah. And do you think those same measures of taking the Bethlehem and Nashville game and moving it to suboptimal conditions would happen if the union weren't doing so well? Hmm. Do you think it's still even a thought or if the union are in like 10th place? Or like, I, well, I think it probably might even be a bigger deal because oh, okay. fans would be a little more angry. Hmm. So I think it'd just be another like thing that the union would be getting a lot of crap for from the, hmm. the fan base. So I think it probably would be honestly worse. Yeah, we've kind of talked to this. We, we've definitely mentioned this before that it's weird that the worst thing about the union right now is the f- the fields and the stadium condition. Right. Like, All it's right. not, you know, our play or right. a certain player or contract or not having a big-name player. All right. On that note, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Uh, who, what, who slash what will show more progress from this break? Marco Fabian's ankle or Talon Energy Field? Ooh. I think... I think, um, like, what's going to be better? based on my knowledge of grass and ankles? Uh-huh. Um, I'd say Marco Fabian's ankle. Is, okay. I think I think he's gonna. Which okay? Which you want more than? What do you want to be better? Oh, okay. I think Marco Fabian's yeah, ankle. Okay, I think, I, so I think that's still, still the right now. The scary thing in saying that is that the turf could cause more problems than yeah. Marco Fabian's ankle. The turf could hurt people if, like, if other ankles, other ankles, or so many ankles could be breaking. Someone could get legit. It looks like seriously that was gonna happen the Saturday night. Guys slipping and chunks coming out, and um, there's like a few passes that like got broken up because of like chunks hitting the the ball hitting chunks on the field. It was crazy. So, and I as I don't think uh, Marco Fabian's ankle would do that to guys. (laughs) I mean, not in that way, at least. I don't care what the refs say. It wasn't his (laughs) ankle. So, yeah, good question. Good question. So hopefully both of them get better. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I've been working in my yard a lot and grass is taking a very long time to grow. So it's not, it's not a good sign. It's not a good (laughs) sign. (laughs) So let's say player, someone does get hurt. What player can we not afford to lose? Um, I think I'm going to have the same answer as you. It's uh, Harris. Yeah. <laughs> but only because we have no defensive midfielder outside of Craval, who's a very different defensive midfielder. But we have no one. Uh, there's like no one, very few people, players in the league that play the same way Harris does. So if without him, we have to go to a completely different style. What do you say? <laughs> this is a good conversation because I feel like I told you those same exact words two days ago. Yeah, no, I, and I agree. I think if we lost Harris, I think... One, he's also an older player, so I feel like he's a little more fragile um, and would take longer to come back as compared to, say, an Aronson or something yeah. who's, you know, young young kids. They they fall down, get back up all the time. <laughs> Old people, not, not as often. So if he gets hurt, it'd be a longer injury. Plus, I feel like we'd have to change a lot more of our play and tactics. Yeah. Um, so hypothetically, what would you do if Harris went down? What would you want to do? So I think... What do I want to do? What do I think would happen? So I think what would happen is I assume Craval would be placed in there at the six. And then I would think there'd be more freedom. So in a way, it might be a, a little releasing for the outside mids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, less, less to cover. Yeah. So I think, I think the outside mids might get a little more uh, freedom to explore up top. They could also maybe go back to the fourth, four, two, three, one, have Bedoya and Craval kind of sit in mm-hmm. and then play the four guys up top yeah um yeah yeah he's definitely a guy who i think would is kind of not real expendable um yeah it's pretty crazy how important how, he is because we thought it like in the, the season started like oh maybe we shouldn't have harris anymore like we thought we're like coming maybe we get rid of him and you know get someone and we also have talked about thinking about like uh, Montero might be a perfect six like a real aggressive ball winner super fast we're like man this guy right. he might be like a Diego Chara. Yeah, right, right. But then, now we've seen him play, it's like, wow, this guy... He has so much going forward Yeah, that we kind of don't want to take don't away from that. Don't want him back there. Yeah. 
because he was almost the guy who I'd say, let's put him back to replace Harris, but I don't, right. I don't really want to take him out of the attack. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't think Bedoya, I don't think I'm ready to move him back there yet. No, I, I just don't think that's his game. Yeah. I think he's this number eight shadow the role is perfect for him, and I think that's is where he should just keep him there. Yeah, Bedoya's the next guy who I'd say we don't want to lose just because you don't want to lose your captain, and he, he does so much quietly yeah. for us, a lot of... He's definitely like a, a huge leader for the team. So yeah, that's that's important. Yeah, my wife was like, I didn't even really notice him doing much. I was like, and you never will. Yeah, but that's that's just the guy he is. Um, I don't think either of our strikers are like non-losable. I think. I mean, just because we don't have a lot of strikers right now, that, that might well, be a little bit yeah. of a concern. But like, yeah, they're not. There's not like a lights out striker that would mm-hmm. that, that would hurt the team if we didn't have them. And then the mids, I feel like they each have a a suitable person who could slide into their spot if they get lost. Right. And defensively, we're practically pretty decent. Yeah. Defensively, you're too deep at each spot. So, yeah. so yeah, I think Harris is the one really fragile spot. Mm-hmm. And, and Keeper is actually, like, three deep, so that's good. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, we did go through that. Right. And and honestly, the Keeper thing was probably the best. Best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> introduced to the love of your life, Charlie Leon. Charlie Leon got to be in our team and turned our season around. Yeah. Uh, gosh. <laughs> memories, <laughs> memories. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Warshaw put out something on MLS.com um, about which which player has been best for the Union, and it definitely backs up what we're saying uh, because he chose he did he did make a cool point that the Union have more potential answers to the topic of best player at the midway point than anyone else in the league because he mentioned Jack, Kai, uh, Bedoya, Montero, or Elsino, but. But his choice was Harris. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, man, if he goes down, I, I think it definitely changes up and yeah. be a big test to Jim. Yeah, it's not like we'd be a, like a much worse team. We'd just be a, a different team. A so different that's team. just mm-hmm. that could go a different ways. So that's yeah. scary. But I don't want to be different because we're really good right now. Exactly. So speaking of players and players who are good, yeah, let's do our. Oh, we need music or something for the power rankings. Oh, that'd be fun. Da-na-na-na. Power rankings. That wasn't good. Let's cut that. Power Rangers. Power ranking. Dun, 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 dun. Power rankings. There you go. That's oh, the one. Yeah, I haven't watched Power Rangers in a few days. <laughs> All right. So we'll start um, at five. I'm going to give you my number five. I'm going to go with my guys first because uh, I always let you go first. Uh-huh. So it's my turn. My number five is our captain, Alejandro Bedoya. Nice. Again, he's playing a solid game. He's the guy who made that cutting run into the box and then earned us the PK. Just just our leader. Nice. All right. I have Austin Trusty. Nice. Yeah. He's just playing solid. Um, yeah, nothing much really to say. Just he's Cool. Um, yeah. I'll speak more to him later. Okay. All right. My number four is Montero. Nice. His goal and I feel like it was definitely not appreciated as much as it should have been. Yeah, just because it was so much pilot is on Elsinio. Yeah. But, but yeah, that was a solid finish. Because that, that ball from Elsinio was not the cleanest of balls. He he really struck that one hard into the middle. Right. And wasn't even on the ground. And Montero just came in and won on his own. Kind of like glided at home with that his left foot. Yeah, it was it was a nice touch. So he's my number four. Yeah. My number four, and I maybe maybe I feel like I should have put him higher because of how what we talked about him, uh, is Harris. Okay. Yeah. I think he's Maybe higher, but that's where I have him right now. So mm-hmm. Harris, cool. Yeah, Harris. I had him at six. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. So. Well, we talked about. I know like he's yeah. the most important player, and that and that's why <laughs> we have this podcast because <laughs> we say one thing one minute and something different the next. So it's fun. It's just fun. But the, one of the reasons I didn't have him higher is because the guys who I have in right now, I didn't take out. So my number three is Elliot, who okay. I think he was number two for me last week, uh-huh. and so I was like, he didn't. Do, well, actually. Maybe he could have done better. Anyway, he doesn't. He didn't do too badly. He actually had some really nice defensive plays one on one. Yeah, against um, one of the Red Bull guys. Yeah, yeah, White. Yeah. Uh, where if he did not win that, yeah, because he was kind of like one on one, and, and mm-hmm. if White beat him, he was in on goal. So yeah, yeah so Elliot did hold strong. Yeah, so Elliot was my number three. Yeah, uh, my number three, the the Magic Man, El Senio, the cheat code, whatever nickname you want to give him, he earned. It. So nice. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. He jumped up there. And I I I try to restrain myself putting him, throwing him up because I didn't have him in top five in like any of the past couple of weeks. Right, but right. he's he, he deserved it. Yeah, it's good good yeah. to have a little restraint in these made up rankings. A little bit. Um my number two is Ilsenio. 
nice. a little less restraint. <laughs> um, yeah, I just their power rankings and what have you done for me lately? Last week, the assist on on the game winner, and this week, everything, everything. So yeah, got up to number two. It's incredible. Not, not high enough to number one. Mm-hmm. All right, next so week. Next week. <laughs> After the break. After the break. Okay. Uh, so my number two is Jackalate. Okay. For the reasons I kind of just mentioned, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's been playing really, really solid. So yeah, he's he's up there. Cool. My number one, same number one as last week. No reason to take him out. Austin Trusty. Nice. He uh, got to watch him defensively from my angle uh, in the first half, and he was he was pretty locked down. Didn't get beat. A lot of uh, clean tackles and plays. And yeah, obviously nothing happened against him in the second half. So Austin Trusty still as my number one. Nice. Uh, yeah, my number one is Jameer Montero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just is everywhere. He does so much, and uh, yeah, he's just he's an incredibly talented player. So definitely, yeah, cool. So good list, good list. Um, good work all around, guys. Yeah, very well done. <laughs> so comment, let us know if you agree. If you don't, it's fine. Yeah, if you don't, then it's okay to be wrong every once in a while. <laughs> Luke's used to it. <laughs> all right, so Thanks. let's get into that. Next up is Wednesday. We have a Wednesday night matchup against DC United in the U.S. Open Cup. Me and Lou, this is right in our backyard, so yeah. we're going to be there. So give us a shout if you're going. We're going to be meeting up with our dad and uncle, so we'll have a little bit of a crew with us. A yeah. uh, bunch of doopy dudes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that should not catch on. <laughs> so the doopy dudes will be going up to Audi Field on Wednesday for the Open Cup. Doopy family. We're brothers. They're extended family, so we cannot make it that. Doopy dudes is lame. The dudes of the doopy. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, yeah, I hope there should be a lot of Union fans coming down as a short trip. So hopefully, I know it's midweek, so it's kind of tough. But yeah, hopefully. and you said uh, the seats are all general admission. Uh, that's what I was told. Yes. So yeah, because I have not bought a ticket yet. Yeah, they're so. like twenty bucks, so it should be pretty easy to get into. So it should be really fun. Yeah, come um, check out the stadium. Come sit with us, yeah. or don't buy us a beer, or do. But lineup predictions. <laughs> this is kind of interesting because can only have so many. We only have five international yeah, players. It's kind of, it's annoying. It's tough, tough to work around. Yeah, but I mean, it's the U.S. Open Cup, so yeah. I get it. And then Trusty and Aronson are both going to be gone with international call-ups for the U23 camp. Yeah, I think that's a kind of a big uh, factor because, like, I think we basically would have a fine lineup if if it wasn't for those two go- leaving. Right, right, because without. Like that's too south. Trust, without Trusty, then you're playing Elliot, which is an international spot. Without right. Aronson, then you're kind of um, pigeonholed into playing Montero or Fabian if yep. he's available. So that's another international spot. So that's two spots that could be open. But really, if you're looking at the guys that we have available, it's not like we have a plethora of guys that are going to miss the lineup because mm-hmm. they're international. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a... A kind of obvious uh, starting lineup that we we that we've been talking about, and, and this is what we think we'll see. Now, before we get into it, there is okay. an international spot being taken up that I would argue doesn't need to be, but the Union Brass really blew it on this <laughs> one. Okay, um, so if Carlos Cornell, he's going to have to be in the lineup because right. Freeze and Cornell because Blake will be with Jamaica. I swear, just a few weeks ago, we had a perfectly good option who did not take up an international and he spot. Had great hair, Charlie Leon, man. I I don't I don't know. I don't even know if we had him, we wouldn't need to have Carlos. Not that Carlos is bad or anything. Love him, great guy. Probably a good brawler too. Uh, perfect for a U.S. Open Cup game. But then we could have Montero and Fabian, or right, or Santos and Chabelco, right. So yeah, that's stuff. Uh, one thing, I'm not po- <laughs> really blew over that one. Yeah, uh, no, well, I, was, I was gonna kind of address that. Okay, because I think it's I think it might be possible to bring up uh, an academy kid and not have them ruin their uh, professional status because it's an open cup. Mm. So I think yeah. we're gonna have like Thomas Romero or I I don't Chris Shakes or whoever like to like a to fill in that second second um goalkeeper Goal spot. spot. That'd be cool. So I I think that might be an option. I'm not positive, so I, I don't want to like. Definitely say that, but yeah, okay. I think that might be an option just because it open cups because there's this like you know like a bunch of amateur teams are in this tournament, so I feel like that should yeah, allow that to happen without it like ruining their status. That's fair. And and I know Jim has mentioned like he wants to use a lot of 
homegrowns in this tournament. So I think that kind of hinted towards that, but I, again, not positive. Right. So who would you start uh, 48 hours from now? Okay. Uh, like the full lineup, you just want to go through it? Or? Let's, let's go. Which keeper gets a start, Freeze or Cardinal? Uh, freeze. I'll go Cardinal. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's a toss-up between those two. Yeah. So. I figure if you're using an international spot on him. Yeah. Just stick him in. Yeah, I, I, I'd see that. Yeah. If he's if Cardinal has to be used, then start him. All right. Let's go back four. Uh, I'm going to go Real, McKenzie, Elliott, Gaddis. Yeah, pretty easy. Yeah. McKenzie, McKenzie hopefully is healthy and ready to go. And right. Real's definitely got to be itching for minutes after not getting many yeah. at the U20 World Cup. So, and I mean, Colin has, he's not an international, is he? Um, I think I think he's got a green card. So I think he's, he'd be a fine start too mm-hmm. if McKenzie isn't ready. Um, but yeah, hopefully we see McKenzie back in there. Yeah. All right, midfield four. Uh, do we go with the diamond or do you think they go two, three, one? Um, that's, um, um, um. I think we'll go with the diamond just because that's what we've been doing. That's mm-hmm. like kind of our, our first, yeah. first choice. Uh, so, yeah, I'd go uh, Harris, Bedoya, Montero, and Fontana. Uh, let's see. Harris, Bedoya, Montero, Fontana. Yeah. Yeah, I think you got to do that, too. Uh, yeah, it just it's it's that's the where it's really tough because it's where else. What other options do you really have? Yeah, you're, like, not, you're not going to uh, start El Sino. Yeah. I, you're not going to start Fabian, even if he's... I mean, I guess like El Sino is the is the next option, but like he he's not a, a ninety minute guy, so yeah. just and just keep, take him off the bench. He's obviously incredibly at it, incredible yeah. at it. Yeah. So you know, just yeah. do that. Why not? Yeah. And then striker. So you've got one international spot, and and Fafa yeah. basically. So you got Fafa and I. W- I'm I'm putting in Santos. I think mm-hmm. he's been increasingly more uh, effective and. And, and creating more chances each each game he starts. So, I, and I think Casper has kind of dipped a little bit. Not that he's playing bad or anything. He just hasn't been as uh, involved with the play. So, I think Santos and Fafa could be pretty dangerous. Yeah, I think that's what you got. And then just think about the subs that they could. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, think that's subs. where you, where you may hopefully bring in some steel uh, steel kids. Yeah, because then you wouldn't really have a sub for a striker. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a thin lineup, so I mean, a couple tough. extra defenders, yeah. but otherwise, you got one extra mid, one extra. Oh, well, don't even have an extra striker, so it's gonna be a thin lineup. Um, so hopefully, we'll see see some steel kids on the bench. Yeah, it's tough because like there's even there's a lot of internationals on steel. Yeah, it's not a, like a whole lot of academy like American kids, so it's it's okay. gonna be interesting what what. How that kind of roster fills out. What if Aronson's brother comes in? That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be, he's That'd be, thirteen or something. Yeah, Brendan Aronson was 13 once. <laughs> That's true. In fact, hold on, let me look down. Uh, all, all of these guys actually were 13 once. No way. So, oh, okay. Well, in that be, case, there's something to be said about being 13 <laughs> once and playing for the Union. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a uh, 100% of the players that, who are on the Union right now were 13 once. That's a great point. So, there's a stat for you. Wow. Cool. Uh, prediction. <laughs> cool. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's all move right. on. Predictions <laughs> for the U.S. Open Cup. Um. See, I'm pretty nervous about this game. Playing DC at DC is is gonna be tough. Um, I don't know. I don't know what their lineup's gonna be like. Hopefully, like Rooney doesn't play. Hopefully, he doesn't make that international cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For uh, some reason, we'll choose five other guys. Uh, but I, I I can't say we're gonna lose. I'm gonna say we're gonna win in PKs. Oh, I was gonna say something epic like that too. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a two-two game. Okay. I think it'll go down to PKs as well. Okay. I was I gonna say one-one. So cool. So two-two, one-one. <laughs> Um, I think it's gonna be pretty, pretty epic game. It usually is with DC in the in the Open Cup. So hopefully we can keep that, and hopefully yeah. we get the win. I don't want to be that set of fans who walks out of the stadium quietly. Yeah. At least we'll have a shorter drive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I really, it's it's this was a tough uh, tough break to get DC in this in this first game because I, I really love the Open Cup. I really want us to do well and go far in this in this tournament because it's it's something that we feel like we just like we we need we need to just get over that Open Cup hump mm-hmm. and get that trophy. But this is going to be a tough one, so we'll see. Hopefully, this kicks us off to a, a big run. Um, yeah, and also, like, in a way, I don't really care about this one as much as, like, usual because mm-hmm. we are doing so well in the yeah. regular season. Like, if we I lose, it's like, all right, well, it just means we're going to have more rest later on, and we don't have to worry. Jim doesn't have to, like, figure out these maneuvering of the roster to not use all the international sure. players and stuff. So Yeah, I definitely get that. I just think that it's a, it's an easier path to a trophy. Because yeah. I think MLS Cup is going to be so tough, even if 
we're killing the East playing LAFC. I don't think we're, that's their team's so tough. And it's just like MLS Cup in that the knockoff yeah, the bracket knockout, is, is going to be ring. really, really tough. Yeah. And obviously yeah. it's the same kind of tournament, but it's just it's a little smaller scale. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be a, a better chance for us to get a trophy. So that's why I'm I'm really uh, excited for it. Yeah, and the Union do tout using uh, youth and their academy and everything yeah. more than other teams. So if you think of this as a chance to get young players into the game, that our young players should be better than their young players. Right. So, I mean, it all depends. I feel like that the international rule does does throw a wrinkle into it. But yeah, it doesn't help that two of our young player, young star players, are not going to be able to be in this one. But mm-hmm. hopefully, if we get past DC, we can get back. Aaron's interesting and be more of that that kind of youth lineup. Yeah, definitely. Um, Women's World Cup tomorrow. Oh, nice. Moving away from the so Union. excited. Uh, <laughs> got two last things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so excited for the Women's World Cup. That's gonna be awesome. Check out check out tomorrow. They're taking on Thailand, right? Yep. Three o'clock. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. So yeah. I don't think I'll have students. I do have a meeting, but yeah. I have a faculty meeting. So I'll just have my phone streaming it. Nice. Hey, I chose to work from home tomorrow. So just before so I could watch this without being having to hide it on my phone at work. So I'm excited. Definitely. Yeah, and the last thing I guess we needed to talk about is the yesterday there was another three two come from behind so victory. Stupid. Door the fix for what is this? I, I'm a dad, sorry. But it was interesting. So there was a door of the ex- <laughs> sorry. Why? <laughs> it's Door of the Explorer soccer episode and, and they were trying to win the cup. So I don't know if it was based on the World Cup happening or if it just was like random, but they had to play like these three games, one was the magic trees, one was the dinosaurs, and then the big cup was against the monsters. How'd the monsters game go? Monsters came out, scored two, we're up 2-0, and then Door of the Explorers team won 3-2. And I was like, holy smokes. Wow. They are the union. Man. So can't believe I missed that. Don't worry. <laughs> I've got on DVR. Great. And I uh, called the TV station to send me a DVD. So <laughs> I'm going to get a Door of the Explorer signed jersey. Oh, man. And that's unfortunately how we're going to end the podcast, I think. You can't think of anything else to talk about, can you? Um, we could actually talk about the World Cup. Nah, we, 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 let's just end it. You ruined it. We ruined it. You ruined it. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, spread the word. Um, hopefully, we'll see some of you guys on Wednesday night out at the D.C. Union Open Cup game. Give us a shout if you're going, uh, if you listen to this before that. And... Yeah, we might have some think about some fun content next week with the kind of off off week. Oh yeah, for yeah. Our podcast next week, so yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely review the DC game and then probably talk about like World Cup and stuff. But uh, then we'll, I don't know, maybe we'll find some fun discussion topics to get into on the break. You know, I got them. Yep, I know you do. All right, guys, thanks again. This is Stupid Brothers, episode twenty. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>